Well, good morning. It's been good to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Wow. So good. Well, this morning we continue in our series in the book of Galatians, and Pastor Phil, who is ministering elsewhere this weekend, has asked if I would fill in here, and it's my honor to be able to do that. Uh, just as a quick uh, review, uh, we were looking at, uh, first of all, how we need to live in the Amen, the first few verses of Galatians chapter 1, the finished work of Christ. And then last week, Pastor Phil talked about the seduction of the gospel and how how that can creep in, and, and uh, he gave us a couple of three things. We need tenacity in our faith, we need a strong theology, and we need to be centering our lives on Christ. So this morning, as we continue in this, we are looking at one verse. Galatians 1.10, which says, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Jesus Christ. And it brings for us an incredible lingering question, doesn't it? And um, celebrate recovery. I appreciate what you guys, like, like the vulnerability that you have before us. Like we should all be standing up and saying who we are and what our issues are. And I think this morning what we could all say is, you know what? I have... My name is Doug, and I have lived in the fear of man, and I'm recovering from that. And there is, thank you. (laughs) Uh, And there's something about, I think there's so many of us that seek to please people, and what can happen is it can compromise us in our Christian walk. And so this morning, we are going to look at this one verse and allow God, by His Holy Spirit, to penetrate our lives and our being and just to continue to, in gentle love, continue to draw us towards Him. And and I invite you to bow with me in prayer here just for the moment. We want to center our thoughts on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I invite you just to, in, in this moment, confess your sin before God. We come before a holy God. Just say sorry. For those intentional sins, unintentional. Those sins that we've committed, those that we've omitted. And Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness that is ours. The amazing grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. I also invite you in this moment, just... Ask for the filling, the anointing of the Spirit on your life today to just speak to your heart and mind. Just receive it by faith. Amen. Amen. Yesterday was the last day that I had insurance on my motorbike, so I have to tell one more motorcycle story. Um, I have this... um, Riding a motorbike, so I ride a cruiser, it's the gray one kind of in the middle there, the silver one, and you know when you're in full leathers and you're riding a big noisy motorcycle and you pass other people coming the other way, you've got to acknowledge them, right? But 
I have an approval rating system of who I will wave to and who I won't. Because <laughs> I'm on a noisy, loud cruiser. So if a moped is coming again, <laughs> I'm not going to wave at them. And, and by the way, there, there is a little bit of a thing with motorcycles. You know, some guys, when I pass them, they'll just go like this, right? They'll just, did, did, did he acknowledge me or not? Um, other people, they have their little wave. Um, I was talking about this last weekend with a group that I went riding with, and one of them does, you know, they do one finger, and one said they, like, fist pump, kind of? I do peace, so I kind of go like that, right? So that's my little approval thing, if I approve them. So mopeds don't measure up. Sorry if you drive one. If I can recognize your face, I will acknowledge you as a person, Okay. <laughs> The, the next thing that you kind of have to look at is uh, like three-wheeled motorcycles. Like these slingshot things, I'm not sure that they kind of rate in my system. So I'm not going to really wave at them. Now, we were riding with, there's a red um, street bike in the middle there, and he was with our group. So if a street bike's coming my way, and I'm with a group with a street bike, i got to wave. You know, this is my little approval system, right? And it made me wonder, in our Christian walk, I wonder if we have set up a bit of an approval system of how we're going to be accepted by people around us. And as silly as my little story about motorcycles is, maybe that's how silly our approval system can be when we look at how we seek to please people around us. At what cost is that going to be? I think all of us have done things to seek the approval of others. And not all of those things are we proud of. We know that we've compromised. And so this morning, as as we look into the Word of God, I know He's going to go deep because He's gone deep in my heart and my mind as I've prepared for this. But let's read this verse together. Oh, sorry. I'm... Um, let's read this. Okay, here we are. Um, let's read this together. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Okay, now we're going to go to... So what I've done, I knew a couple weeks ago, Pastor Phil had asked if I would preach on this verse. And so... What I did is I took the opportunity to talk to different people in different groups, just saying, hey, I'm preaching on this. What do you think of this verse? Like, have you ever compromised in your faith um, just to win the approval of people? So this is a, I may, I, I had, uh, I called it Rockin' Moroccan. I wanted to cook Moroccan at my house. So I had a group of people. There were six of us around the table. I made that. I've never had one before, and I'd never known what it was, but it ended up, it was really good. Um, people seemed to enjoy it. Um, so I asked this question, and do you know, right away, the group, one guy said right away, oh, Doug, this is a deep, you're going deep here. And we sat around the table after a beautiful meal together, and for at least half an hour, we're talking about, how does this apply to my life? Have I compromised in my faith? What, what do I do that pleases, like, am I willing to do anything to honor and obey the Lord Jesus Christ in my life? And what I've done is, on, on numerous opportunities, I've had 
with different worship teams that I've prayed with or played with, sitting at the back of the church in the foyer a couple weeks ago, I asked the same question. Do you know, we're not sitting on the, in the back, laying back in the couch, on the edge of our seats, and we're talking about how we want to follow the Lord and not compromise in our faith. Do you know, I believe that we as a church, we're moving in such a beautiful direction because I think we are becoming discontent with lukewarm, complacent Christianity. And, and when we look at a verse like this, it's, it's kind of... It's the fulcrum. It's like, am I here to please man or am I here to please God? And we want our lives to count. And we know that we're living in a day and an age where this world needs to have Christians who are sold out to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. And people, we are there. I hear it and I see it. And we are walking in that direction. And maybe only this morning, if all that we can say is, you know what? I'm putting it out there. that We want to walk following the Lord more and more wholeheartedly than ever before. We as a church are going in that direction, and that is beautiful. And so this morning what we're going to do is we're going to look at a f- five different thoughts that I have surrounding this one verse, and hopefully we can be encouraged together as uh, we walk this journey, Christians. Optics. So the company I work for, we have, I don't know, about 10 vehicles, and our name is emblazoned upon each side and the back. So when our people, uh, our workers are driving a vehicle, and they go blasting through a red light, people are going to see and they're going to say, hmm, that company, and, they're, and then, you know, if they're doing a buck 40 down the mini Coquihalla towards Vernon, that's not a good thing. And so, in fact, we have these little monitors in each vehicle, and we know exactly when they're going 10K over. We get an email. They're more than 10K over speed limit. And we know when they punch the gas or hit the brake really hard. We know when they're in front of Tim Hortons for more than an hour. We know all kinds of things. And the optics for us as a company... And then, so we, we have meetings, and we say, okay, guys, we know what you're doing out there, and we want people to speak well of our company... So, drive speed limit. So then, you know, the other side of it is, we can get emails because now our guys are driving speed limit and there's a lineup of 10 people behind who want to pass, but they can't. So it's, with optics, you know what, as Christians, it's kind of like that, isn't it? I think for many of us, most of us at work or at school, wherever we are, people would know that we're Christians. And so we, we wear that badge, and we, in, in one sense, we, we care about what people think. And listen, and the top verse there in 1 Corinthians 9, this is how Paul kind of sorted it out. Uh, at the bottom, verse 22, To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I may say, say, say I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in his blessing. And then in Romans 15, it says, Each of us should please our neighbor for their good to build them up. 
So we, we know that from Scripture, we, are there, we do care about what people think about us, right? Because we want to properly reflect the gospel. But look what they said of Jesus. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. They say, here is a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is proved right by her deeds. You can't win sometimes, right? No matter what you do and how you live, people can say all kinds of things about you and how you live, especially as a Christian. And so at the end of the day, I just, I just wanted us to kind of understand there is an optics thing to what we are talking about this morning. We actually do care what people think about us, but there's a limit to how far we go, right? Because we represent the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we will not compromise that for what people think. But we want them to speak well of us as much as is possible. So that's kind of an um, initial thought as we go into this. Then, gospel, plus or minus. Last week we looked at this verse. It says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. The context of this verse that we come to this morning, 110, Am I trying to please man, or am I trying to please God? Paul is directly, the context of this, is that there was the gospel plus. Okay? So in the Old Testament, the covenant of circumcision was given. And it was given to Abraham. It was a people called out and to be separate from everybody else in the world. And throughout the Old Testament, we can read when God continued to call his people back to this covenant of circumcision. So now with the gospel and Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, we now have salvation by faith alone. But what was happening is some people were saying, well, yes, there's the gospel, but everybody has to be circumcised to continue to follow in the covenant that was given to us. So Paul is battling with this, and he's saying, is that true? And he comes to the conclusion that no, it is not the gospel plus. It is simply faith in Jesus Christ. That's the context of it. And as we look further in a, in a couple chapters down in Galatians, Paul even calls out Peter and some of the other apostles, says, you guys are wrong in doing what you're doing. You're trying to please man instead of living by the pure, unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. So, in one of the groups that I'm in, I say, where do we, in North American Christianity, church, where are we adding? Are we adding, we're saying the gospel plus? <clears throat> and I couldn't think of anything. So, I, except the, the closest I got is that, you know, we, we say you, you, in order to be a Christian, you need to pray and read your Bible and come to church. And I know that those are disciplines and they're helpful for us. That, that's what we need to grow. But we can be a Christian without reading the Bible. If you're illiterate, you can still be a Christian even if you can't read the Bible, right? So is this an issue for us today in our culture, in our church, that we're adding something to this gospel of Jesus Christ? So, okay, I'm going to take you back on my motorcycle ride last weekend, riding out full leathers, riding down the road. Hey, oh, cool. 
And I'm praying, it's a holy moment, and I'm praying, God, where are we adding? What are we adding to the gospel? Because I want to know. I want to know in my life. And all of a sudden, the Lord hit me in the heart. And he said, you're not adding to. You're taken away from. Does that resonate? Is it possible that we in North American Christianity have just made it so easy and the normal Christian life has become a lukewarm, complacent religion? We've taken things away. Let me give you some examples of what I thought about. There's a bit of a philosophy that says, you know what, as Christians you can live however you want, have as much fun as the world has, and in that way you can, you can draw people to Christianity because people will see that Christians can have as much fun as everybody else. Isn't, isn't our call more to become more and more like Jesus Christ instead of more and more like the world? Isn't that what we're called to? And yet there's this prevalent thinking that is taken away from the gospel. Um, what about everybody's doing it? It's no big deal. Makes it easy to fit in, doesn't it? Because, you know, you don't want to stick out like a sore thumb and not do what everybody else is doing. I've been told this. Doug, here's another issue. If you deal with this sin issue, then you're going to have to look at, and I was named 10 things. And the idea was, it's better to just sweep it under the carpet and not deal with stuff. Because it gets too complicated and too messy, and who are we anyways to start pointing out sin in church life? That's North American church. How about this one? You're so heavenly-minded, you're no... Yeah. Is that really... Like, this is some of the philosophy that we've had creep in. And I think what's happened, even if I can say this, is it feels like we've sometimes taken our Bible and just ripped out pages. You know, because, well, we don't understand it, or it seems too hard. And so, well... And we go with this watered-down gospel sometimes. The purity of the gospel has been eroded. And we as a people are saying, no. I want what Paul had. When somebody was trying to add to the gospel, he confronted and said, I don't care what people think, I'm going to stand for the purity of the gospel. And people in our culture and in our day today. We are saying, I don't want that watered-down Christianity. I am going with the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? That is what we are living for. That is where we know the power and the victory is. And that is what is appealing to a hurting world around us. The gospel, plus or minus. Third talking point, I would say I, I know whose I am. Um... One of the things that just we could talk about here is performance. Um, any of you, uh, I, I remember church being sometimes, a, it used to be a family thing, and families would kind of parade their family. They'd all be dressed up really nice and 
starched clothes and a, sometimes a plastered smile on the face and all the kids would come up and you'd kind of come late, right? So everybody could see you and then you'd take your pew right at the front there and it was this kind of performance that you had your life together, your family was all together and you were at church and you know, there's a bit of a performance that can happen when we, when we come to church. I had somebody rather vulnerably talk to me about this when I, when I was asking these questions about this verse, and they said this, I used to come to church and feel so false because I didn't really know who I am, and I know that I put on a fake front. It feels like a performance because I'm trying to be what I think they think I should be. You ever wrestled with that? This whole performance and you're trying to please people even in your spiritual journey? What does the Bible say? For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. If we think about this, this is an amazing verse. Before the creation of the world, that's what the Bible says, I think. He chose us in him before the creation of the world. So before there were plants and animals, before Adam was formed out of the dust of the ground, what's the truth about you? God chose you. He chose me. So... I I can only imagine God there forming Adam out of the dust of the ground and he hasn't breathed life in, but he knows already that he's going to send his son Jesus to die on the cross for this form that's on the ground that doesn't have life yet. Why did he go through that? Why breathe life? Because he chose you. He predestined you in love. He could have just left it at Adam because... Eve came along a little later, there would have been no babies. There would have been none of us. But God took the rib, made a woman. And here we are. In love, you and I have been predestined. That needs to overwhelm you and me. Because when we start thinking in comparison, am I looking to win the approval of somebody? And people can be a little fickle in their opinions of us? Or am I here to win? Do I even need to win the approval of God? I don't. It's because of who I am. It's not what I do. He chose me before the creation of the world, and his whole plan was for, for me to be whole and holy, to walk in wholeness of being, and to become more and more like Jesus Christ. That's his plan That's how he loves us. That's how he called us. That is whose we are. And that is an overwhelming truth. And that needs to be something so overwhelming compared to looking at trying to win the approval and the fear of man. Acceptance is not based on performance. It's based on us being. 
Delayed gratification. I go to the gym. Can you tell? <laughs> um, so the, at, at the uh, entrance to the men's change room, there's this sign. And it says, in four weeks, you will notice a difference. In eight weeks, your friends and family will notice a difference. Twelve weeks, the world will notice a difference. (laughs) But, it says, most people quit after three weeks. (laughs) So the whole idea is to hang in there because there's a delayed gratification to this whole thing. You're hurting your body, you're working out, you're, you're pushing muscles that you didn't know you had, and yeah, it hurts the day after. But, but we keep doing it, and that's for physical training. What about in our spiritual journey? What about in this whole context of do I please man or do I please God? You know what we know? Because we've been given inside information. First Corinthians, therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. Hallelujah. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. That's delayed gratification because I don't know what that's going to look like in heaven. But I know it's going to be more than a little ceremony where you get a 25-year pin or a gold watch. We're getting the approval of the Lord Jesus Christ saying, well done. You did not seek the approval of man, but you followed me. When it was difficult, you hung in there. You had it in your heart that you were going to become more and more like Jesus Christ. Well done. That's delayed gratification. And that's got to be within our whole mindset as we consider this topic. Finally, uh, 110 to I'll explain what this means. So this is a picture of my boys. I, we went to Israel a number of years ago. This is, my boys, everybody in Israel has to go into the army, right? Including girls. They got to do their time. So this is a picture of my boys. They thought it was so cool to be with girls with guns. They had to get a picture of this. So in order for us to get there... Um, It was 36 hours without sleep. And a family of four, we come into Jerusalem, and I had booked a bed and breakfast there, but we had arrived a little too early, and the other guests hadn't caught out, so we didn't have a room. And I just pleaded. I don't know if I fell on the floor and cried in front of somebody there, but I said, I've got this family. We haven't had sleep for 36 hours. Is there even just a closet we can just sleep in? We are so tired. These people were so nice. We got the closet. (laughs) It was an electrical closet. There was a panel in the room. And there there were two little single beds. So we took the mattress off of each, put that on the floor, and that's all the room there was. These two mattresses on the floor. So four of us were able to lay down and try and get some sleep. Before we fell asleep, we had to charge all our electronics. We had brought a power bar along. The thing is, we're 110. They're 220. So 
you have to have an interface. So we, we, we had one of these adapter things, and we put it on the power bar, plugged all our stuff in, plugged it into their 220. <laughs> Do you know we blew all the electricity in that whole bed and breakfast. I don't know how we did it. They had to have an electrician come in and rewire the place. Uh, I, I felt so bad, but my family was so tired. And here, we, so we had an experience, that's for sure. There needs to be a proper interface <laughs> between 110 and 220, doesn't there? We're looking at Galatians 1.10. We live in a 1.10 world. We are called to be in the world, but not of the world. We are 1.10, but we got 2.20 power. I wonder what Galatians 2.20 says if 1.10 says what we've been talking about. Let's read this together. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 110-220. The interface between us living, sold out, surrendered, walking in fellowship with the Lord, not compromising in our faith, is that we need to be surrendered. We are crucified with Christ. We had baptisms a number of weeks ago. That is so powerful. And baptism represents two things. It is symbolic. We go down in the water, and we come up cleansed from our sins. Amen? It also, when we read Romans 6, we die to ourselves. And we rise to new life in Christ. Who died on the cross? Jesus did. By association, you and I died. Who? For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And people, if we, if we are not 99.5% surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we've got to move that little extra so that we are 100%. You can't be mostly dead. That's not what the Bible's talking about. We have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And when we walk in that power and that anointing, that is going to help us tremendously in the 110 world where we're not trying to please man, we're not walking in the fear of man, but we are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And people, I don't understand how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit if we're not emptied of ourselves. That is what God calls us to. And I am so blessed to be in the presence of so many people who are saying, I'm wanting my life to count for God. I know there are people around me that I'm praying for their salvation. They need to see Jesus in me. I am not going to be concerned about what people think and compromise my Christianity that way. But I am going to live in the honor and the fear and the admiration of the Lordship of Jesus Christ in my life. That is us as a church. And that is what God honors. 
So approval ratings. Who do we wave to, right? <laughs> How do we figure this thing out? I want us to read a few passages together. What I've done, um, the Bible actually has a lot to say. In fact, Jesus, we don't have time this morning, Jesus has a lot to say um, about this whole fear of man. Um, and you can probably look at some of those verses. But what I want us to do, um, I'm going to call the worship team to come up here as we prepare. Let's read, let's stand together, and we're going to read these. I hope you, I made them a little small, and I apologize. Um, but what I've done is I've personalized these verses in context of what we have been talking about this morning. Let's make this our declaration today and say, today I'm putting my foot down, I'm, I'm continuing to follow, and I am going more and more becoming like Jesus Christ. So let's read these verses together. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. For he chose me in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined me for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will. My master will say to me, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Let this mind be in me which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Amen. May those declarations just resonate in our heart. And we want to sing a song in response to this. Lead us.